We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Welcome to Light Years. We appreciate everyone who showed up. We appreciate you fighting through the technical difficulties. <laughs> I'm in parts unknown. Andy Lou is in parts unknown. Maybe that's part of it. I don't know. With that said, I don't even know where I'm at with this game. Like, I, I feel like from a Warrior fan perspective, you're just you're like both proud of the team and just bittersweet. Bittersweet's the best way to describe it, right? Yeah. By the way, Sam, I just quote tweeted you. You might want to throw the tweet out. But um, I'm relatively optimistic after this because this feels like to me a team that figured out how to defend against a defense or excuse me, how to score against a defense that goes all out against Steph Curry. This was one of their best showings of the season. And if you're annoyed at this game, I don't know what to tell you. They beat a team that was really healthy. And played very well defensively against, honestly, only Steph. It felt great. I'm with you. Like, I, I mean, I've, I've uh, based on the mentions, there's a couple comments on turnovers. And yeah, the Warriors, I think in the third I mean, quarter, right. got sloppy with the ball. I mean, let, let's be real. They, they punked the Lakers in the first half. The Lakers right. came out with appropriate intensity in the second sure. half. And it yeah. took the Warriors a quarter to figure that out. With that said, I'm with you. I don't know what more you can expect from the Warriors here. That's a that's a world champion squad. And, I mean, the Warriors should have won that game. Let's be real. It didn't feel like to me that the Warriors choked that game away. 
it felt like that. It felt like that was a really even game against two teams that could win the championship. That's what it felt like. Like that game told me that the Warriors have a realistic chance at beating either Utah, right? Oh well, it's Utah. Like if they beat Memphis, that's a real team that could beat Utah. That's what it felt like to me. That's what that game told me. You know what? I, I don't want to rain on this. What, what it what it felt like to me was this is still this team is still has a championship foundation, but they're a couple right. pieces away. There's a little depth. Like a serious team is not playing. Let's be real. I'm running through the roster. Mulder, JTA, uh, Poole, and who am I forgetting? Um no, actually, just those three I mean, were guys yeah. who were not counting to be in the. Yeah, those were guys who were not counting on to be in an NBA rotation at the beginning of the season. They far exceed my expectations. I think they're all capable of playing specific roles on a good team. JTA specifically and Jordan Poole as well. But sometimes you're undermanned. Sometimes you're undermanned. Sometimes you you're just one to two players short. That's what it comes down right. to. I don't know what no, else to I'm, say. Right I'm here. with you. I'm you with know? you. Like they say, we can point. We can point to. We can point to Smiley taking up a roster spot. We can point to a lot of things. But end of the day, for a team who's missing a max player, which is Clay Thompson, for a team who maybe didn't do the best job putting together rotation, I feel pretty confident about what with the direction of this team right now. Uh, I agree with you. I agree with you. That team, this team told me that if you're playing in the, in a conference finals game last uh, next year, that Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Juan Scott Anderson, Andrew Wiggins is able to play in that type of series, right, Sam? Like this game told me a lot. This game told me that Andrew Wiggins is able to play in a series that matters. Like that's huge in minutes that matters. Andrew yeah, Wiggins, Andrew, Wiggins, Andrew right? Wiggins is Andrew Wiggins is ready to play adult basketball. That's let's insane. go. Right. Um, so let's right. talk about this game. With with that said, God, this is the I've, I've watched LeBron hit way too many bullshit three pointers against the Warriors to win. I in person, by the way, th- tonight's the first time I didn't see it in person. I've seen LeBron do it over Stephen Jackson, two thousand nineteen, sorry, two thousand nine. I've seen LeBron do it over Iguodala when he was on the Heat in two thousand fourteen. I don't think he thought that shot was going in, but he hit it. That's what it is. Um, let, let's actually get into this game a little bit right here. So, give me your uh, give me your first take of what you thought of Andrew Wiggins early in the game. So Andrew Wiggins felt like to me that that's able to actually hold up defensively, and that's the biggest thing. So whenever you're getting open shots with the Steph Curry led offense, that's fine. He didn't make that many threes, but he was able to be effective offensively. But defensively, that's usually the problem against a LeBron-led team, right? Whether you play LeBron, Kyrie, Kevin Love, Anthony Davis in this case, um, you need to hold up defensively. And the most encouraging part of this game was that he was able to hold up defensively. Um, with the usual com- comparison is Harrison Barnes. Uh, this game felt to me like he's able to hold up against guards and forwards. LeBron's at the age where I don't think he's able to get by Andrew Wiggins as easily. And he's not able to go up against Andrew Wiggins as easily strength-wise. So I think that's a really good matchup for the Warriors that you're not as worried about as you were before. Yeah, I mean, look, 
Wiggs' handle is still what it is, but he's absolutely showing me he can play high-level playoff defense, which is a win. He can score in his own ways. He's going to get some points off cuts. He's going to hit a couple shots. He's going to drive off the weak side here and there. I'll take that. I mean, the Warrior. if you have a complaint about Wiggins, your biggest complaint is he's not a second option. We knew he wasn't a second option. That's really what it comes down to. Like, I, you know, and, and then we're getting back to the same old conversation, which is, you know, you're, you're asking Wiggins to be Kawhi Leonard, which is not what he's going to do, right? But I feel like in general, he played an excellent game. Um, let's, let's take this to Steph Curry here. Andy, what are your thoughts on Steph's game? I think this game meant a lot. I, I, I think this game meant a lot to Steph Curry. He had 37 points on amazing efficiency against a team that sold out against them from the tip. And I think that Steph has figured out how to play the box and one, de- box and one defense uh, better in 2021 than he's ever had in the past. The first time, or maybe not the first time, but what was effective against him in 2019 against Toronto was this type of defense, right? And I feel like 33-year-old Steph, against that Toronto defense probably would have won a championship. And I think that at this age and at this maturity in, in an offense that's smart and great, that I think Steph Curry has figured out that type of defense. So I think that's encouraging. I think that's encouraging if you're a Warriors fan because I don't know if anybody in the NBA, Sam, has a better personnel to guard Steph Curry than the Los Angeles Lakers, and it didn't matter. No, they have they – have three to four different guards who can harass him. So they don't have to stick just one guy on him. They have the best big man and maybe the second best big man in terms of switching on to him and being able to hold their own on the island. Um, You're not going to build a better team to play against Steph Curry than what the Lakers have right now. I mean, that's pretty much what we're talking, you know, so I think, I think what Steph did tonight was, was pretty impressive. Could we talk about the end of the game, though? Could we talk. What are your thoughts on that final possession? I feel like Anthony that Davis was an execution yeah. failure. That I think Anthony Davis fouled him on that, but no one's calling on that. I'm actually talking about the play before that, where the Warriors got the ball and bled off. Steph was dribbling it slow in the backcourt, and they didn't call a timeout till two seconds left. What do you think was going on right there? I think, like, that's on Steph, right? Like, I think in, in a broken situation play, I think if you're Steph, like, you either take that shot or you call a timeout. It's one or the other. Like, I don't think that's on Steve. Like, if you're Steve Curry, yeah, you're felt, it, that play. it felt you're like right? a miss. Yeah, I'm not putting that on Kerr in any capacity. That was no, a miscommunication. No. Steph got the ball. He was dribbling at the backcourt. I think he wanted to walk into one. Um, and I don't think there was a lot of communication with the rest of the team. Quite frankly, I don't know that they – have been in a situation as a unit to play in that one. So that was, that was a lost possession. That was a game right there. We can take it farther back though. It felt to me like they may have let that game go away a little earlier than that. I don't know. I I feel like at the end of game situation, I felt like the Warriors were fine. They played as best that they could. In that Steph Curry situation, coming back uh, down three with about thirty, uh, about twenty seconds left, he knew that he wasn't going to get a clean shot off because the Warriors were going to double him 
at half court. So he said, hey, either I'm going to walk this up, see what I can get, or I'm going to call a timeout. And I feel like maybe too much time passed, but I feel like the Warriors kind of had no shot there um, outside of calling a timeout right away. But you kind of have to go for that broken shot, broken play shot if you're Steph Curry. And uh, they didn't get it. So they passed the ball and they called a timeout. So I'm not too mad about that. I'm not frustrated with it. Excuse me. I'm not frustrated with that type of game. I don't know if the Warriors choked that game away. It felt to me like a Warriors team that just needed a little more at the end. Again, we're looking at that game, but we're looking at LeBron James hitting a fadeaway 31-foot three-pointer. And that's a team that is a championship team. More like 29 feet. 29 feet, right. And so if you're looking at that game, you're like, look, they lost against a team that probably should win the championship by one basket. And I thought that if you're a Warriors fan, that's amazing, right? And I felt like that spoke a lot more to defense, too. They were phenomenal defensively. Yeah, I, I feel like actually we haven't even we buried the lead here a little bit. That was the story of the game. The defense was phenomenal. Um, I thought they matched physicality. I think Anthony Davis woke up in the second half a little bit, and that really changed the flow of the game for the Lakers. But man, Draymond Green, he can still play at that level. That's all. That's all I'm gonna say. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much else to say. Like, for me, they were. They're an incomplete team, but Steph Curry and Draymond Green still showed what they're very much capable of. Guys like Juan Toscano-Anderson, Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, more so than both of them, showed they can absolutely play a role in a winning team. And now, you know, if you want to take it, I think the Warriors have a chance to beat Memphis and make a little noise in the playoffs. But what Warrior fans really care about is what they need to do to get back to contending for a title. As far as I'm concerned, that's on the front office at this point because you know you have players who are foundationally capable of competing at that level, and now it's about bringing in the right players around them so that you can bridge the talent gap. Because to me, this game was about the Lakers having a little more talent, a few more bodies, and just outlasting the Warriors more than anything. Like I, you know, we can we can nitpick Draymond fouling a turnover here or there Steph making a decision here or there but end of the day they played up to I don't feel like LeBron outplayed Steph I don't feel like Anthony Davis outplayed Steph and Draymond I feel like the Lakers just had more players and just a little more in terms of roster construct the whole way around and that's kind of where we're at in terms of this team like this is a makeshift roster around a couple championship caliber players. And the question is what they can do, what they can do to raise some of these players to be pieces going forward and what they can do to add around it going forward. I agree with you. I agree with you. I I don't think that's a team that has a small margin for error. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, 
and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, JJ breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. The Lakers are a championship team. So if you're a championship team, you're going to play some of these toss-up games. And some of these toss-up games are just going to come down to who makes that shot, right? Who makes that lucky shot? Sometimes it's Steph, sometimes it's LeBron. And Steph wasn't able to get a shot off because of the triple teams. And LeBron was able to get a shot off. That's what happens. When have you ever seen LeBron get triple, doubled or tripled? Never. And so he got that shot off. And, and I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, I feel like this is a team that's pretty close. And even if you're, even if you're adding a Clay Thompson that's not as healthy as you thought, I think it's enough to get you to a championship series yeah, I don't know if Clay's enough, but like my point is, they're they're not in an eject. They're not in eject mode. They're a lot closer than you think. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you're coming up short in the bedroom, sometimes it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to roman.com slash lightyears now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LightYears and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash LightYears and get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoman.com slash LightYears. Get started now to save $15 off your first month of treatment. We need to get some people up here. Saeed, what's up, my man? What up? What up? That was a sick game. The NBA got what they wanted. But really, honestly, I wish the Warriors would have won. Oh, man. Uh, I got to say, Draymond finally showed up. I wish Draymond would have scored a little bit more. What do we think about Memphis on Friday? We got them or what? I feel pretty confident about the Warriors versus Memphis. I think Memphis is going to play them tough, but the Warriors lock in. They're the better team. They just like we we saw this last Sunday, we saw it tonight. Memphis can make it tough on them. If the Warriors play with this kind of urgency and this kind of effort, they should beat them. Yep, I agree. I wouldn't worry about fatigue. I, I really wouldn't. This is a playoff series uh, or a playoff uh, atmosphere. I wouldn't worry about fatigue. Steph played the last ten minutes tonight, but I wouldn't worry. I wouldn't be worried. Yeah, I'm not either. All right, we'll keep moving. Jake, what's up, man? Hey there. Uh, first time caller in, long, long time listener, though. Lakers fan awesome. coming in peace. And 
I'll just make an observation and let you guys riff on it. I think there's been so much conversation about how Wiseman, you know, just gets the Warriors out of the flow of what they like to do in terms of X's and O's. But one thing I noticed as well is Steph, because he's such a, a good leader and thinking of his teammates, he's I find that he spends so much time catering emotionally to Wiseman when Wiseman's on the floor. And although he's really good at that, I just feel like that takes away from his inclination to be the alpha out there that he needs to be. And in terms of this massive run of games that he had, including tonight, he was genius. Um, You know, there's more space for him on the floor. But I also think the lack of babysitting, for, for lack of a better term, kind of puts him in that position emotionally to be there as well because he's not worried about what the second overall pick underachieving rookie is thinking. Jake, appreciate the call. Um, I don't actually think it's that. I think it's as simple as Wiseman just can't make reads as fast as Steph. Steph loves to play give and go with everyone. It's really that simple. Like Steph would rather play with Iguodala, who at this point in his career can't move. Who, but like Iguodala knows exactly where Steph's going to be. So sometimes it's as simple as like Wiseman just slows everything down for them mentally. It's not about his athleticism. Wiseman can run with Wiseman can run with anyone. It's about the fact that like they have to think a little more, and um, that it, it's that simple. All right, we keep moving. Hey. Ryan, what's up, my man? Good. I was. Are you are game. you still at Staples? No, I'm driving home. Uh, 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 my brother's in the car. Uh, uh, shut up. He's a Laker fan. Uh, <laughs> right, okay. So I, I, I wanted to hit on two things. First, the closing play. Uh, Steve Kerr was trying to call timeout with about eight seconds left. I was watching him the whole time. The issue was the crowd got so loud that the refs couldn't hear him. That's why I had to run all the way across the timeout line. Like show. And then... Uh, Secondly, Draymond Green was the best player on the court the entire night. I have never seen defense like that in person. He controlled the game with just his defense. I I just want to give him his flowers. The guy's probably the best defender I've ever seen. That's all. Ryan, I appreciate you. Okay. Andy, can we talk about this? Two 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 comments. One amazing home court refing where you do not award Steve Kerr the timeout in that situation, but more so correct. I think this is something only you and I can, well, not only you and I, but like you have to watch Draymond in person to understand how absurd he is on defense. And I have zero doubt. Neither of us were at Staples tonight, but I've seen that Draymond game in person a thousand times. So have you. Where you're just like, I don't need to look at the box score. That dude was the best player on the court. He had his hands on every play that mattered. And I mean, you could see it a little bit from TV, but like, I love hearing someone call in and say that because it's like, it's one of those things where if you take away Jeff Van Gundy on the broadcast, if you take away, um, you know, if, if you don't focus on just the highlights of who has a ball in their hands, if you watch it, you're just like, that dude. Who's the smartest player on the court? I'm with you. Um, during the Dynasty Warriors, I always thought that there was nobody better than Draymond Green in terms of defense. The switching, the IQ, the off-ball switching, right? The switch onto a point guard in the perimeter and being able to guard him. The closeouts, all of that. 
I have never seen a player that versatile. And when you're talking about versatility, there's nobody, there's no, nothing that important today on defense, right? You can be Joel and beat on defense and be an amazing rim protector, but that doesn't matter when you got Steph Curry on the floor and he's railing threes. So I think there's no defender as unique as Draymond Green. And I think that's, that it's truly is amazing. Now, on the flip side, the guy went over eight, right, from the field. So that's not great. And you would like to see something better than that. But defensively, he was all time. I agree. I agree. Hey, Grant, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Um, so thanks for letting me on. Um, I just thought this game had like a little bit of everything of like the Warrior versus LeBron, like Empire uh, series. Like you had like the Draymond review play that's like super annoying. You had a little home cooking. You had Mark Jackson and Van Gundy just hitting on the broadcast. You had like kind of a weird end of the game thing for Steph. You had the early Draymond tech, and then you every time he argues, you're kind of on the edge, like seeing if he's going to get ejected. So it, was just, it just felt like watching like a classic rerun of something we've really enjoyed. And um, I don't know, it's just like uh, going forward, like Draymond gets an 80s head, and like what the Lakers are kind of planning on long term is like 80s kind of this unsolvable question. And like for some reason, Draymond's the answer, even though he really doesn't have the measurables for it. So it's just, like, I wonder, like, is that something that's sustainable? Because like if you can count on Draymond, to you know, perform like he did against AD defense, uh, defensively in the series, like yeah, you can contend, but otherwise you might need you know a Wiseman type or a little bit more beef down low. Um, so I wonder how you guys think about that. It's a great call, Grant. I, I think it's this simple: you can count on Draymond to neutralize AD or to do his role. Draymond can't guard everyone at all times, so you need to put smart defenders around him in some capacity. So. I I think like um, with with Juan Toscano Anderson, you're just giving up too much size. So the Warriors need to find someone to go with that rotation who's just a little bigger. It's a, it's it's like it's like a football team who has all the pieces, but you're just like, dude, we just need to find a wide receiver. We don't have that dude. Let's bring Luke. Let's bring Luke up here. Luke, what's up, man? Hey, buddy. How are you? You know what? I'm pretty good. Um, I'm more, to be honest, I'm more annoyed with my technical difficulties in the Warrior game right now. <laughs> oh, really? No, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty fucked up. Oh, I'm pretty annoyed. Um, oh. I just wanted to say, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it have been oh, fucking man. nice tonight just to have a semi-decent hey. score next to Steph? Wouldn't it have just been nice? It would be nice. It would be nice to have a Clay Thompson. It would be nice to have. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, I know that, but I'm talking about someone we could have flipped the deadline. Yeah, like you know, what I mean, it's just just one semi. Sure. We had Michael Mulder and fucking Bazemore like in crunch time. Did Did you get a, Did you get an answer an explanation on why JTA didn't play in the last nine minutes? I mean, JTA was having his own issues on offense. He was having his issues on defense. There, let's be real. So yeah. they were they're going with other lineups. I don't know. I don't know what like. I'm not gonna. This is look. No one is more critical of Steve Kerr than this podcast. I'm not putting this on Steve Kerr not playing JT no, down no, the stretch. No, me either. I, That's no, how me I feel about right. this me game. Either. No, me I, I get that. I'm just saying. I just thought. I just thought when we needed a few clamps, we need we kind of needed the guys out there to make the right play. You know what I mean? There's someone out there just to make the right pass. 
That's all. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I'm, I've, I've played all the scenarios in my head. What if they played Jordan Poole a little more? Seeing so a little more shot making earlier in the game. Maybe we wouldn't go down to the wire. I do agree with you. Um, so we're going to end the show. We appreciate right you now. taking heat up, Sam, anyway. We appreciate you keeping play on the whole group, buddy. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.